Hey everyone, uh, welcome to a new section of the podcast in which my girlfriend Zoe, who has never seen any of the Mr. Bean movies, shall give a, also but your sister Zoe, Send all legal threats to her. <laughs> shall give a brief synopsis of each of the films, which she has not seen. Uh, she's currently in bed, quite tired, and uh I think we'll begin with Bean 1997. Do you just want me to start from the beginning and say all of the film? Yeah. Okay. Okay, so the first movie is called Bean 1997. And it's a movie, it's Mr. Bean's first film. And it it's set in the year 1997. And in the film, um, okay, at the start he's living in England and then things things take a turn and he decides to go to um the US and he takes a plane there a British Airways jet and at some point he drives the plane <laughs> and then he's but he gets upgraded to first class for being a pilot and then he laughs at all the poor people that he leaves behind and like he he's like leaves economy to go to first class and it's like ha 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 to the poor people um and it's poor taste as a joke i think i remember hearing that on the when i was asleep when you guys were recording once i heard someone be like mr bean hates poor people as i understand it so he lands in la and he goes hitchhiking and he gets picked up by a man called david who owns a gallery and then he says to bean you can bean needs a job because he, he didn't plan because he's Mr. Bean. So he, David owns the gallery. You're laughing so much. So Sorry. <laughs> I don't I really don't know if I'm saying it if I'm telling the right story. But he he so okay, so David says you can work at my gallery. So Mr. Bean says okay. So then he goes to live with David's family and there's possibly some sexual tension between him and David's wife, which initially irks David, perhaps. And David has a son as well, I think who was friends with Bean. And then Bean works in the gallery that David owns. No, 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 sorry, maybe David doesn't own Maybe he has a boss that's mean. But he, like, is... He's a, a hotshot in the gallery. and But he has a boss who's mean. And then... So he's like, Bean, you can come work with me. And basically takes pity on, like, this English fool. And then Bean basically comes into the gallery and just shits the place up. And it's just, like, basically ruins David's life as well as flirting with his wife and being best friends with his son. So he's, like, kind of taking over David's life even though he doesn't even talk and is racist and mean. Um, so then he spills nail polish all over a painting and then tries to fix it because he's like, oh, no. But then he paints, like, like a, a face that looks kind of like Squidward on the painting. <laughs> <laughs> and 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 then and then David sees it and basically has a breakdown and is like I'm going to get fired and you're going to fuck my wife <laughs> and uh and then there's a security guard there who kicks Bean out and his name is Butch McDick and the security guard has a son that pukes at some point maybe on the painting <laughs> and his name is like puke boy or something or like the vomit kid that's like... would you like to know his name Okay. It's a Timmy Puker Jr. Okay, so that must mean that the security guard is called Timmy Puker. Then who's Butch McDick? Um, the other security guard, perhaps. <laughs> okay, so then after that, I don't really know what happens. All I know is that David has a bad time. Maybe Bean takes over his life, or maybe Bean just has to like leave after making enemies. And as far as I'm concerned, that's the fault of the film. <laughs> Bravo. How much of that was correct? Uh, bits. Uh, Parts. Uh, you forgot Shuby. And fuck. Shuby fuck mech refa. I'll have you know that he is fuck. <laughs> Hello. Hello. Hi. Uh, what you guys think of me? <laughs> <laughs> I, had I enjoyed a, it. 
had a great week of watching it. Uh, how about you? How about you, Rob? How are you, how are you feeling about uh, Bean? I watched Bean on my break from work, and it turned me trans. <laughs> Whoa! No way! Is this Whoa. you coming out? Yeah, it is. I like Bean ninety seven so much, I became a woman. <laughs> <laughs> How do you think? And I dislike <laughs> Top Funny so much that it made me a woman. <laughs> well, uh, well, I'm glad that's that covered. Uh, yeah. yeah, Jack. <laughs> what, uh, Jack, what were you about to ask? I can't even remember. <laughs> uh, my, <I'm, laughs> yeah, honestly, I'm, that threw me for a loop. <laughs> I'm, I'm in such a daze. Um, I. <laughs> Let, 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 let me explain. I watched the first 15 minutes of Bean three times this week because uh, <laughs> I, I tried watching it on a Thursday night and I fell asleep on the couch. Uh, mm. I tried watching it last night in bed on my phone and I fell asleep uh, by the time that they were in the Langley house and, uh, and uh, Kevin was talking about <laughs> intrauterine devices and whatnot, uh, and so I woke up this morning. And I was like, "Well, I guess I better just, I better, I better watch it." And so I, I got to watch the first fifteen minutes uh, three times. It really gave me a, a bit of perspective on a few things in the first fifteen minutes. Um, but overall, an excellent viewing of the film. I have a fuckload of notes. Uh, how about you guys? How are, you how... fucking lightweight? I watched the extended, extended cut with both dinner scenes, fucking, like, 5am, first day, first day night, Friday morning, after I had been awake for about 15 hours, and I powered on through, and god damn it, it's a masterpiece. <laughs> it is. It's very good. Um. I decided to to do something unheard of this week. Um, I have been working nights and they have uh fucked me up completely. <laughs> um, and I watched this on my break from work. And you became a woman. And I did. <laughs> yeah, we've, we've, I decided we've been over this. to <laughs> in, in, instead of watching an extended cut. I actually decided to watch a, a, um, a, a, re- a, a, a reduced cut. <laughs> Abridged? Like... <laughs> yes, yes, that's the word. Um, You've just watched the high scene. No, I actually cut out the high scene and what? seen what... Yeah, I thought, what would Ooh. the movie be like? No, okay, it was one because I had less time to watch it, so I needed to cut out some things. But also, I... And I didn't want to, like, speed it up because that would ruin the pacing of the movie. Um, so I decided... Yeah, what but would cutting out like the high cut- scene, that doesn't change the pacing at all. <laughs> no, it just... Um, what I wanted to see was, like, how would the film, like... Would it still hold up with the best scene taken out? But yes, also, but not as well. How would it, how would it, like... Like, could you get the gist of what had happened without seeing it? If, like, you cut it off after... Well, when you've seen the film 15 times, then yes. <laughs> I, I emptied my brain before I watched it. <laughs> Wait, um, you could do that? Shit, maybe there's hope for holiday so I, yet. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I just ended it after uh, Bean's talk with Kevin, and then, um, then the, it's then it cuts to next morning with David naked on the couch. Um, so you get this, you get this big enlightened moment from Bean, and then it's the next morning. What did he do? Why is he so calm? I think it actually works really well. Actually, I can see how that would work. And you know what? Yeah, actually, then- um, it adds a level um, of intrigue to a line earlier in the film where uh, Kevin asks Bean how he could do that thing with his ears. Magic. And his rep- <laughs> so, <laughs> so it's mysterious, you know how he how he yeah, worked yeah. his magic, and it puts you more 
it puts you more in David's mindset because so, you're going to the art gallery with a sense of dread. Because <laughs> B totally thought he fixed his mother just by drawing on a new face. So Do the not fact enter. That he, like, obviously, yeah, so the fact that he's completely calm going to the art gallery makes you think he's done something even worse. <laughs> But then also, when you actually see Wiss's mother and you see David's face, and there's this new level of, like, complete euphoria because you've no fucking idea what he did. It's just fixed. That actually and sounds kind of beautiful. Gi- that sounds really it's good, actually. actually. If the heist scene great. wasn't the so very- perfect, I'd, I'd almost want to try it myself. <laughs> I'd almost I'd almost have the high scene as like a short film that a short no, film have it sequel. as like a, a post credit scene. Like the yes, this is what you didn't be see earlier. Because <laughs> I'd actually love that because it also the very last uh scene when he's in his bedroom and he looks up and sees Well the, the second to last scene mother. before him addressing the audience. Oh, of course. But the um the last scene of him is in his bedroom, and he looks up and sees the what's his mother like original painting is so much funnier when you haven't seen the high scene <laughs> because you still have no fucking idea how he's like you know now there's like obviously a copy but yeah. like that isn't revealed until literally the last second of the film which is the funniest thing in the world. <laughs> I actually highly recommend watching this without the high scene because the whole film still holds up but then also while the high scene is left out which is obviously the best scene it elevates so many more things in the film it's yeah, actually like perfection that, that actually sounds amazing i, I kind of wasn't on board for a second there but no you've you've no. you've, you've sold me add the high scene as a post credits thing and you've sold me yeah, yeah. Fuck. <laughs> I love how many different cuts there are in this movie now. <laughs> oh, if only Mel Smith was alive to see this. Uh, well, I have I have some some notes, uh, some of which are quite delirious. As I said, I was up for 15 hours when I started watching it. So my first note is just, wallpaper is like shining carpet. <laughs> <laughs> Your guess is as good as mine. So, uh, yeah, okay. <laughs> uh, my next note: celebrity cameo time, everyone. Oh yeah, celebrity oh, yes. cameo exclusive to the extended cut. I can't believe we haven't talked about how Dustin Hoffman is in this film. <laughs> oh my god, no way! He's Where in Harrods. He? He's in Harrods. Ah, oh, no way. Yeah, there's Doing a shot where Bean's car goes past, and it's like a fucking close up on him as he watches the car go past. <laughs> This film is the holiday. <laughs> <laughs> um I also found a I have a celebrity cameo, I feel like it's appropriate for me to mention it now, seeing as we're on the topic. Uh Mickey Mickey Rourke is in this film. <laughs> he's uh he's in the bar uh behind David and Bean and he's in character as a uh, Hank Chinaski from uh from Barfly. <laughs> no, I actually have a, a celebrity cameo. I have multiple celebrity cameos, actually. Um, in the police station scene, um, on the back, in the back, when it has like the like the wanted like collage poster. Yeah. Um, every member from the cast of Happy Days is in that poster. <laughs> <laughs> If you zoom in real far and enhance the image, <laughs> you'll see all of them. Enhance image. <laughs> zoom and enhance. Uh, uh, I uh, I have uh, an interesting note here, which uh, I did some. I did a little bit of outside research. Uh, <clears throat> there's a there's a 1995 film called Moonlight and Valentino. There is a character in that film simply credited as the painter do you <laughs> do you guys want to know who plays the painter in that film who plays the painter none other than mr bon jovi 
<laughs> no. <laughs> I ain't kidding. John Bon Jovi plays the painter in Moonlight and Valentino. He was also, I found out, in ten episodes of Ali McBeal, which, as we've uh, pointed out before, also has Peter McNichol in it. <laughs> oh, no. Hey. I wonder if Peter McNichol just had a really bad time with Bon Jovi on set and uh, he brought that into work on Bean. Uh, considering oh, that that show came out be- after Bean. Uh... Yeah, that was their that was their reunion. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> anyway, uh, my next note cool. uh, is uh, the chairman <laughs> defending Bean is like it's what it's like having Gavin on a holiday episode. <laughs> <laughs> it's all just us collectively like wanting to fucking fire this movie. Um, yeah. <laughs> and then Gavin going in and we're like, so have you seen Holiday? It's like, yes, it's untouchable. My next note is... Uh, it, it, this is a note from the post credit scene, which I don't think we've properly taken any notes of before. But Oh, uh, the heist? <laughs> no, no, yeah, yeah, no! Heist. Uh, it's, uh... They, 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 Bean is, like, checking his watch the whole time, and he's just going, oh, dear me, I have to go, bye. Like, what is he late for? <laughs> he's late for his flight back to the Langley's. <laughs> <laughs> I like that idea. I like that yeah, one. Yeah, he's coming back. The post credit scene takes place three years after. The the ending of the original script, which we haven't discussed the original script, I still haven't read the whole thing all the way through, but the ending to the original script mm. is that he mails himself to them. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know. I haven't read through the whole thing yet that. either. That's fucking amazing. That's amazing. Wait, so <laughs> can you imagine? You guys have heard um, the gift by Velvet Underground, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'd love if it was that kind of scenario. <laughs> David like can't open it, so he like <laughs> he gets his fucking box cutter out and. Uh... <laughs> oh God! Oh no! Oh no! <laughs> and Kevin starts screaming. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, Grierson's on, dead. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> on the topic, on the topic is, of gifts, it is also. I'm gonna, I'm gonna cut you off there just slightly. It is also him mailing himself is possibly a callback to the last episode of the live action series where he oh, accidentally yeah. gets mailed to Russia. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, on the topic of gifts, um, I have. A theory. Uh-oh. I have a theory. I have a theory about Kevin. We need so to talk at- about Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> at, you know, towards the end of the movie, there's the now infamous uh, gift giving scene where Bean uh, provides. Yeah, yeah. yeah no, look, no. we don't need to delve into it too much, but you know, there's the scene where Bean we goes can. around the room. No, Eggs, Barbie it, and Bean. <laughs> it's it's a side. It's it's besides the point that I'm trying to make. I ex Barbie and Bean. Yeah, I have a theory that Kevin was originally meant to receive a different gift, but they had to change it because maybe producers weren't happy with this. But I just realized it is hinted at. I feel like it, like it, it was hinted at throughout the script and never really comes through. Oh no! I'm Bean gets so... him an interuterine device. <laughs> No. <laughs> My theory is that originally Bean was going to give him Whistler's sister. No way. Think That's... think about it. Because Kevin's That's always thought, you know, he can't stop thinking about naked women. He's got loads of posters of Cindy Crawford in his room. And just after that, <laughs> Bean sneaks off to the gallery to pull off the heist, at which point he could secure a Whistler sister poster, seeing as he's in the poster Ooh. room. Or he could have just bought one at launch. Yeah, but you know he's on a budget. <laughs> yeah, he's on a he's on a box of laxative budget. Actually, <laughs> a to be honest, maybe, budget. Do you guys think Bean went to America? I don't know. Have we? This sounds familiar. Actually, now that I mention it. Did Bean go to Los Angeles without any money? <laughs> I I, I don't imagine think once that we the see gallery him spend pro- money. like the gallery got him a first class ticket. I imagine they probably gave him some money. 
I'm just saying we never see him spend money. That's very true. Even even all the, maybe he's just the really he frugal. <laughs> yeah. And all the gifts he gives, like he obviously took the eggs out of he's, the fridge just he's to He's obviously back to the keeping and... all his money in his tie. <laughs> <laughs> maybe all his uh, money uh, got <laughs> stained by that fucking pen. <laughs> um, Jack, is there any is there any more evidence to this theory, or is it just a really uh, really nice idea? It's very I, I mean, okay, maybe it's just a really nice idea. But I just think like it would make sense. Like Kevin's talking about naked women. He's got his posters. Yeah, they've built up to it a lot. Yeah, especially because they they do linger on the Whistler sister for a while. Yeah, like I'm like I j- it just annoys me that Whistler sister is never brought back for Kevin. I think he'd really appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't think his parents would. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck them. Um, uh. Allison might. <laughs> oh yeah, um, Allison. Allison. I mean, Bernice loves it. So. <laughs> uh, on the... I mean, yeah, she's all cheekily going, "Oh no, no." <laughs> <laughs> on the topic of Allison, um, I do have uh, one note on Allison, which was taken on my second viewing of the first fifteen minutes of this movie, uh, during which I was very, very, like, pretty much asleep. Um. Allison is a tomato. <laughs> okay then. Do I need to explain it, or do? You... Uh, do you have an explanation? Yes, I do. It's okay. in this. It's in the first scene where we see Allison, I believe, and David it, has just revealed to her that Doctor B will be staying with them, and Allison's not having it. She's very upset with the idea of a stranger just living in their house. And, she's uh, chopping garlic. She yeah, she's chopping garlic, and she's asking David like, Ooh, "Do we know anything about our new best friend?" Like very sarcastically and stuff. But then she goes over to the fridge and she says, uh, "David, there's a saying in this country: it's over my dead body, and I'd like to put it on the table right now." At which point she puts a tomato on the table. <laughs> well, I can't argue with that. <laughs> I Alice. thought you were gonna. I thought you were gonna just say like, "Oh yeah, there's a scene where she's really red in the face." <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I have a theory that ties this film into holiday. Ooh, oh, um, so it's do I. Specifically, it ties in it into I think Gavin's uh, uh, theory about holiday being about. Uh, people going to Cannes so they can finally die by being devoured by a sea beast. Uh, <laughs> my, we've talked before about uh, Grierson saying, you know, I have I have a lunch with the mayor. Uh, I think we've been mishearing it. I think really he has a lunch with La Mer. <laughs> he's going to Cannes so that he can get devoured by the sea beast. It's not the sort of thing he likes, but he's got to do it. And that's why he looks so dead in the next scene. Uh, I, I also, he's hanging on by a thread before he gets to Cannes. <laughs> I also have a tie-in to, uh, to Holiday, and I'm going to send a picture into the group chat now just to to show to you guys what the link is um but basically uh our good friend eric nagar his uh, his cousin is in this movie and uh she appears in the in the employee washroom scene where Be- where bean is uh looking for a way to fix uh, whistler's mother I'll just send oh, this into wait, the. For a second, I thought you you meant like it was actually Eric Nagar's cousin. Yeah, no, it <laughs> is. Like dug that up somewhere. No, yeah, oh, it's oh, it's, cool, it's cool. his cousin. It's a. Uh, oh, <laughs> So he's obviously a suicidal man, and his cousin is uh, <laughs> germicidal bleach. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, it even says pure suicide above it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. Germicidal bleach, Eric Nagara's cousin. Oh my god, it's so nice that um, he got his cousin Eric a, a, a cameo in the sequel. Yeah. Uh, Rob, did you say you had a you had a link to Holiday? Um. Oh. Uh. Yeah, I said it already. Oh. Um I I don't know. I it was it was a silly. Um. <laughs> you said you had a link to Holiday, or someone said they had a link to Holiday, and I said, oh yeah, I do too. Uh, Mr. Bean is in both. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> it was it was very much an in the moment thing. Yeah, uh, that was funny. Yeah, I still I think suppose. it's funny. I still think it's funny. Oh, uh, thank you so, so much. So did Bean kill a man for those legs? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Actually, okay. I mean, I have um 
I did have a running theory for maybe the first half of the movie this week. Uh, on my third viewing of it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but um, basically, I don't think this movie is really about Mr. Bean. Yeah, obviously he's there. Uh, mm. And I don't really think it's about David either, as I've, I've, you know, I'm always fucking stepping up saying this movie is David's story. I'm not so sure anymore. Um, <laughs> uh, I'm not it's one to be Brutus's cr- story. I, <laughs> look, mm-hmm. I, I'm not one to be crude, but I am gonna have to say something rather crude um, oh. because it I, just popped into my head. Right. Yeah. Um, I think that Mr. Bean is a metaphor, or po- just a placeholder for a creature, Apartheid. some sort of cre- some sort, <laughs> not quite, <laughs> some sort of creature that um, its only way of survival is by. Uh, <laughs> and let me look, look, hear me out, hear me out. You Obviously, can't there- say that on radio, Jack. <laughs> <laughs> There's. Obviously, the deleted scene on the plane where Bean, uh, quote-unquote, well, I'm putting this in inverted commas, falls asleep on that man's lap. Hmm. And it got me thinking, like, what if that wasn't an accident? What if he wasn't asleep? And I was watching... What do you mean, I watched, what if? I, <laughs> what if he needed energy? I watched the... <laughs> I watched the uh, theatrical cut uh, US this or international? Week. Uh, international and you know the scene in the very it's the first time we see Bean in the Royal National Gallery and he's uh, you know falling asleep on a chair I was like god why is he so exhausted obviously it's early in the morning but he's had his coffee and his head just sort of falls into his own lap I was like oh oh of course he needs sustenance Oh, uh, of course. <laughs> Why do you think the chairman likes him so much? Exactly. That's why the chairman <laughs> saves him, and it's also why he sneaks into the shower with David. That's also why Mr. Grierson's soul had left his body when he was in David's house. No, his soul left his body because he went to have lunch with La Mer. <laughs> oh, yeah, of course. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. so that means Top Funny is a prequel. Oh... Uh-oh. Yeah. Uh-oh. <laughs> Uh-oh. Uh, but yeah, basically, I think this movie is uh, Crank 2, except instead of, uh, like, electricity, <laughs> it's... Um, oh, it's incredible. I actually have yet to see Crank 2. I'm very excited. <laughs> tidbit out. Uh, so, anyway, uh, next note. I think, I think this might be my last note, uh, is uh, I finally understand now because it, it, the first time I properly rewatched this late last year, uh, almost, almost a year ago, uh, it'd be a year ago in, in November, fuck, we're, we're really getting on, uh, I, I was, the, my initial review was just, like, shock at how poorly everyone was treating Bean, like, everyone's being such a dick for him, for what I, you know, I, I assumed to be, like, no reason, but, like, We've only been going at this for 37 weeks at the gallery. They've had to work with him for 15 years. Like, of course they hate him. <laughs> 15 years of anti-Semitic comments. Exactly. <laughs> oh, Lord. Yeah. Yeah, I get it now. I, think... I get why everyone hates him so much. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, I do get I love this movie, but I... I really oh, yeah. am sick of the guy himself. Yeah, yeah, I watch I watch this movie for David. I love. However, it never bothers me when I'm watching this movie. Yeah, this is yeah. definitely being at his best. Like, mm. undoubtedly. Yeah, uh, this is him at his least offensive. Oh, by the way, I watched uh, Wild at Heart a couple of nights ago, and I didn't love it. But Willem Dafoe plays the same character in Wild Heart than he does in Holiday. <laughs> oh, that's why they're both called Carson Clay. <laughs> <laughs> um, is that was that your final note, Butch? That was my final note. I have quite a few notes that I'd like to 
dive into I love that uh, interview where David Lynch talks about his love for Mr. Bean. <laughs> yeah, he's like, oh, I just love him so much. <laughs> Mr. Bean is electricity. <laughs> I watch him on my fucking telephone. <laughs> Believe it or not, Mr. <laughs> Mr. Bean is my most spiritual film. It is a dark and stormy evening on Arbor Road. (laughs) Um. (laughs) No, no, there needs to be more of this. It's a a shame. Ladies and gentlemen, our fourth (laughs) co-host. Mr. Lynch. (laughs) Thank you for having me. (laughs) Mr. Lynch, what do you think of the Sabine is the kind of girl that makes you wish you spoke a little French. (laughs) (laughs) The presence of Jungian psychology in Bean 1997 (laughs) was quite startling to me. Uh, Bean 97 is a step-by-step guide on how to prepare my perfect cup of coffee. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Lord. Uh, What was it like working with Peter McNichol? He is the jazz musician of actors. (laughs) (laughs) That's jazz, baby. (laughs) Um, I have yeah <laughs> yeah. You want to actually get to your notes? <laughs> yeah, I'll go. I'll go through my notes again. A few of these are quite delirious. Uh, the ones that are in reference to the earlier scenes of the film. Uh, <laughs> very much me watching it half asleep. Uh, for instance, uh, I have a note here that just says he's trying to pull his own nose off. Uh. Which was something I thought last night while Mr. Bean blew, blew his nose. <laughs> he's I just, trying to blow his nose off. No, he's trying to pull it off. Oh, he's trying to pull it off. Yeah. It does look like that. He's very rough. He's very rough. <laughs> um, I have a note that says, Mr. Grierson, you are so, so loud. Which I think is in reference to uh, the first time we see him in the boardroom. And he just kind of goes, David! <laughs> <laughs> it's complete it's just like he's there like you're in the same there's room that, like there's that bit where uh bernice interrupts him but either she hasn't been adr'd or the boom mic is nowhere near her and so you can yeah you can so hardly quiet. hear her but i choose to take that not as a technical error but i choose to to take it that that is that is just normal speaking volume and then mr grierson is just shouting so loud yeah <laughs> They had to turn down the whole audio track. Why is he clipping every time he speaks? <laughs> David! <laughs> I a message from the Royal from National Jesus. Gallery! Jesus Christ. I have a quote from Grierson as well, which never really caught my attention before, but I, I literally... I, uh, I re- rewound the film just to hear him say it again because, like, did I hear that right? That sounded so clumsily written or so clumsily delivered. <laughs> and it's the line they go, there he is. <laughs> David. <No. laughs> that's fine. That's gold. But it's gold. <laughs> it's one of his very first lines at that press conference before Bean arrives in LA, and it's just um the greatest painting ever by an American artist is returning at last to America. And it's just the way he says it just throws me off. It's like he he kind of forgets that he's going to say America again. He's drunk. (laughs) He's constantly hammered. (laughs) Oh, yeah, I forgot that little detail that he's a raging alcoholic. Um, Oh, I forgot to mention earlier that um, the medication that Bean is not aware of is... Um... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I thought it was his M&M's We need to make up our mind It's both, it could be both um, We've only got like tw- We got less than 20 weeks to go Like we gotta <laughs> hurry up and establish What the plot of this movie is um, Taking out the high scene will tell you <laughs> That's the key to this whole mystery Taking out the best scene I have a, a semi 
I guess it's a kind of serious note and a, like a detail that I kind of hadn't considered before. Uh, but the difference in the way that the galleries are named uh, is another really nice touch in terms of giving an idea of the differences between the UK and the USA. In England, uh, the gallery is uh, the Royal National Gallery, which would imply, going by the name, that it's state-owned or state-funded. Whereas the Grierson Gallery is presumably named after George Grierson, meaning it's a privatized gallery. Uh, And obviously America being, you know, the fucking capitalist hellscape it is, and, you know, the free market being what it is. Uh, I know, I just thought... Unlike the UK. Unlike the UK. Of course, they're, they're both bad for that but i just thought it was interesting that um that the american gallery that we're shown is like a privately owned one whereas the uk's one is like oh look it's a state-owned thing and state-funded artistic place uh i also think not, we've unless got they just called it that unless they just called it that <laughs> just to be like really up their own hole <laughs> <laughs> um i've got Look, I think we've got uh, Officer Brutus's story all wrong. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. Uh, so, obviously, one of his most famous lines is, uh, I single-handedly take on gangs armed with AK-47s. <laughs> I think he's the one with the AK-47s. Oh, no. <laughs> got it all wrong. Like, he's just he's there <laughs> dual-wielding fucking AKs. Yeah, and he's got, like, five on his back as well, for you know, just in case. Yeah, gangs of delinquent teenagers. It's like the fucking Terminator rushing in there, <laughs> blasting. A loiter outside. Is AK forty seven like is that a is that a traditional like police equipment like? Uh, it is now. In this world, it is. <laughs> I sent a video into the group chat earlier. I'm sure you guys saw it. Oh, it was so oh, beautiful. Yeah. Uh, I have posted to the Instagram story. Uh, but the the reason I sent it in is just it never occurred to me how like genuinely horrified and just like distraught Sylvia looks when she is presented with onions <laughs> on little cocktail sticks. Like she looks genuinely oh, very dis- European. <laughs> uh, I noticed in the scene where Bean is in the washroom. As he's putting uh, Whistler's mother into the vice, uh, there's like this really... I I, I had a, a speaker connected to my laptop, and I wouldn't have noticed this otherwise, but there's this really bassy thud, like, as he's walking over to the vice, and I'm like, it sounds like a gunshot. Uh, just, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, that's Elmer outside. Is it? Oh, of course. Someone's trying to break in it. while everyone's busy with the security meeting, but Elmer just pops the bastard. Oh, do you know what it? Do you know what it could be actually? Because I'm pretty sure immediately after that we do see Elmer saying um, something about the the almost the underground air ducts being secure. It's yeah. just it's just this the whole security meeting crawling through the air ducts. Uh, no, it's <laughs> Elmer going through the air ducts and and then it, showing everyone you know that they're secure. And he demonstrates this because a fog comes crawling through and he shoots him. <laughs> <laughs> um, a little little bit of trivia. In, in the real world, as in the world that we live in, uh, Whistler's mother is actually worth $38 million. Hmm. Just yeah, a- I, I imagine that, you know, fucking... General Newton was just like you know the American capitalist pig that he is that can afford to spend fifty million dollars on a painting. Uh, I I assume that he was just like ah, just throw money at them. Don't I don't give a shit about the actual <laughs> price. Pay double. I don't care. Or its its value went down after being in this movie that was uh, wasn't ah, um, see, that's possible. Wasn't that much <laughs> when a... when everyone yeah. watched this movie and realized it was just a poster. <laughs> uh, or when everyone realized she was a, a hideous old bat. <laughs> hey, that's what makes it so special. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> um, I took a few notes about uh just David's downfall, as I always do. Re- you know, it's my favorite part of the film. I think it's the best character arc. Uh. 
period just in general but uh just so much better without the heist scene <laughs> but uh i took a note during the the bar scene where david is you know inebriated spilling his guts basically saying that he he hates his life and wishes he was never born and it's just uh the commodification of art has both made david's has made david's career what it is but has simultaneously ruined it i think that's why i looked up the price of whistler's mother obviously in the film it's worth 50 million dollars and being fucking you know ruins it destroys it uh if it wasn't worth anything you know i mean there's only value attached to that because it's old and people attribute value to that Mm. it's like you know if art wasn't commodified david wouldn't care about having to live on the streets and like Hello, drawing on the pavement the mr bean philosophy hour <laughs> uh and let me continue the hour with uh <laughs> when the, uh, i might i might have mentioned this before but just the line david says when he, he arrives home drunk with bean and allison is there and he just says i can explain everything followed by it's inexplicable is that is that not just like like a sentence long synopsis of what postmodernism is like he really does come to grips with postmodernism i mean it is how i explain this podcast to people (laughs) i can explain everything it's It's inexplicable inexplicable. is this podcast uh, the world's first postmodernist podcast i'm sure there's a few of them but it's the first one in this particular area it's the I first nightmare, Mr. Bean nightmare mode. Definitely was. Don't <laughs> listen. We're not talking about that anymore. It was, a, it was fun while it lasted. <laughs> we lost a lot of listeners. We actually didn't lose a lot of listeners. We uh, most of them stayed on. I don't know why. They're good people because they liked nightmare. They're mode. fucking yeah. weirdos. I mean, I love all of you, except you. <laughs> but everyone except that I love you but you're fucking weird all of you even that. you <laughs> obviously um, actually I'm gonna you know what? I'm gonna have a little backing track for this little section I just have a, a rather lengthy note and I think I could do with some backing music oh dear lord yes it's returned <laughs> so the song yesterday by the Beatles features twice in this movie correct if features uh in the scene where david gets at the shower finds bean there but later in the film bean and david become inebriated and on the way home they sing the song (laughs) yesterday and as david says the line and this has been pointed out before uh as david sings the line there's a shadow hanging over me bean literally kind of looms over him in a very menacing manner uh, and so I just this note is pretty much just a definition followed by a quick synopsis. Uh, in Jungian psychology, that is the field of psychology founded by Carl Jung, the shadow is either an unconscious aspect of the personality that the conscious ego does not identify in itself, or the entirety of the unconsciousness, everything of which a person is not fully conscious. In short, the shadow is the unknown side. Uh, And then my quick synopsis is, Bean is the shadow side of David. The part that realizes art is not inherently valuable. The part that wants to sit and look at the paintings. Oh my god. So is this film actually the best adaptation of Peter Pan? (laughs) 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 Yeah. I loved that. Um... and uh, great. Thank- that's really interesting because our, our guest David Lynch brought up Jungian psychology as well. Yeah, David Lynch, for, when he came on earlier, did mention it. And it, it just sparked sparked something in me. Uh, I have one he last note. Something which- <laughs> of a tulpa. <laughs> <laughs> I have one last note, which is <laughs> just another quote from Mr. Grierson. One very special lady, Whistler's mother. <laughs> <laughs> it just made me laugh this week. One like hideous when, old uh, bat. <laughs> I like when um, Mr. Grierson says, Whistler's mother reminds me of a chihuahua. <laughs> I had another Whistler's mother dream last night. 
<laughs> Remember when uh, Elmer turned to the camera after advertising the Subway Tuna Sub, and uh, <laughs> and he just said, uh, "Wait, hold on. What did he say during the the Subway he said, promo?" <laughs> he said, uh, "Boy, this <laughs> boy, this tuna sub's really hitting the spot." <laughs> But immediately, <laughs> immediately after that, um, he just says, "It is happening again." <laughs> and then it cuts to Bernice, and she says, "Stigmata." <laughs> <laughs> it's a. Good, I, I feel to like keep up with these references, huh? <laughs> yeah, I just I don't know why we never you know talked the, about that. You know that scene in the bar where Bean's just like, "I love Heineken, don't you just love Heineken?" <laughs> <laughs> David's like, "Oh God, fuck that shit!" Pabst <laughs> <laughs> blue ribbon. Yeah, I was about to say David's more of a Pabst blue ribbon guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, you know, since we're on the topic of that, it, it, I just thought that that bit where where Walter got up on top of that car and started dancing to Dreams by Roy Orbison, completely out of place. But I liked it. <laughs> yeah, when uh, Bernice and Allison are in a swimming pool and it's lashing rain and they're both making out with a, a man in a, in, in a bunny ear <laughs> called uh, Crying by Ray Orbison is playing in uh, Xenia, Ohio. That, uh, um, that great scene where, uh, where Elmer's like, Bean, I'm going to send you a love letter straight from my heart, fucker. You know what a love letter is? It's a bullet from a gun, fucker. <laughs> uh, in, in all seriousness, though, uh, at the beginning of the film, where the chairman says, uh, this is how the world ends, this is how the world ends, this is how the world ends, uh, not with a whimper, but with a bang. I'm glad they called that back later in the film when uh, Texas gets uh, bombed. <laughs> Wait a minute, that's not a Lynch film. <laughs> um, I like do you that guys have a? Uh... <laughs> goes across country on his tractor. <laughs> no, that was Holiday. Oh, fuck. <laughs> that, that was Chalice Man. What am I thinking? Uh, of course. Do you guys have any other notes? Do you guys have any other Lynch films that we can reference? <laughs> <laughs> um, I love in Bean where uh, David comes home to see his wife in bed with Billy Ray Cyrus. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh god you'd need a you'd need a, a manual to get through all these references I love, when, uh, I love when david sees that dirty homeless person and immediately dies of a heart attack <laughs> and then obviously the metaphor is that that's him post whistler's mother being ruined yeah mm. you'd, you'd need a bibliography to get through all these references uh, I like that scene where uh, Bean's interrogating the talking chimp. Oh yeah, yeah. And um, just, of course, there's that bit where uh, Kevin uh, in the living room of the Langley household uh, screams, uh, "I'll fuck anything that moves." I love that scene where they're eating those uh, those chickens oh, that Allison had uh, saved for Thanksgiving, uh, but they're they're like still bleeding and twitching on the plate. Mm. And then, like <laughs> <when> <laughs> sorry, that's the microwave scene, right? Oh uh, yeah, it's, it's yeah, it's it's a new type of chicken. <laughs> I like when Jennifer goes to Washington and uh, she convinces um, the the government to not be corrupt. I love that scene where uh, Bean turns away from Whistler's mother, then turns back and goes, Oh, you are sick. 
<laughs> you know what's funny about we? I, I'm pretty sure I said that before. I know <laughs> a for different a fact episode. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what a niche yeah. double reference. <laughs> <laughs> that Should wasn't we... even a reference to the original thing. That was a reference to you. Yeah. <laughs> we, we got to the point that we're just referencing ourselves. Uh, <laughs> Crisis actors. It's like hip hop. Oh god! <laughs> oh god! Oh god! Oh god! <laughs> anyway, should we get onto the patrons? Oh my god! Patrons? No mailbag. Uh, we don't have one. Well, can we not hear the theme? I mean, if you, if you want, we can hear the theme. Do I want? <laughs> mailbag. Okay, so on to the patrons. Oh yeah, Patreon time. <laughs> so uh, our first patron is uh, Adam Redmond. Stigmata. Uh, our second patron is Mrs. H. Mrs. Stigmata. H. Our, our third patron is Jack Kavanaugh. Stigmata. <laughs> our fourth patron is Andy Kinsella. Stigmata. If you want your name read out in this section, you know the drill. Patreon.com forward slash free bean salad pod word free. Uh, five US dollars or more per month. Donate more. Donate less. We're hungry. This is my only income. These two have jobs. I This is my job. jobs.